Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ask Jamin. I'm Nikki Willis, and I'm Jamin. And today we are going to be wrapping up Black History Month with sharing. Okay, yeah, wrap up Black History Month with sharing the top five people that you should know who have either changed history in real estate or those who are changing history and trailblazing right now. All right, here we go. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you to make sure that you subscribe, hit that button in the corner, and hit that bell so that you are notified every time we upload new content. All right, let's get into it. This is going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about, okay, so there's tons of people, first of all, let me just preface. There are tons of people that are changing the game, um, tons of uh, you know, people that we're now seeing on HGTV mm -hmm. and on A&E. And so shout out to all of you guys who are trailblazing, um, running Black-owned businesses, uh, Black-owned brokerages, um, doing all kinds of big things. We see you, we celebrate you. And uh, yeah, that's what this is all about. So we had to pick five though. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to pick f uh, five, including past and present, mm -hmm. right? And this is... Um, all about people that have either changed history in real estate or those who are changing history right now. All right, so the first person is Don Peoples. Don Peoples. So Don Peoples, I just found out about Don Peoples about maybe three years ago. Okay. Because I was looking into like uh, developers and people who, I mean, for lack of better example, like Donald Trump type developers okay. who had like commercial things, hotels and things like that. And um, the first person I found about was um, uh, Fitzgerald's. He owned the oh, Fitzgerald. Down, yeah. Downtown Las Vegas? Yeah. And okay. then I found out about Don Peoples. So Don Peoples is dope. So Don Peoples is from originally from Washington, D.C., but he's very big in the Los Angeles area. So I have a lot of facts. So I want to make sure that I get my facts straight mm -hmm. so that I did research. So Don Peoples is the founder and chairman and CEO of now New York-based People's Corporation, and he's one of the wealthiest African-American real estate developers in the United States. Mm -hmm. So Don Peoples' uh, net worth is estimated around $700 million. My man, so, all right, Mr. <laughs> yeah. Peoples. So uh, in April 2015, Black Enterprise named Peoples as one of the business trailblazers and titans of Black America. Um, he was named one of the 40 most powerful African-Americans in business. And then on the Forbes list in 2009, they named uh, Peoples in the top 10 wealthiest Black um, Americans. Yeah, okay. so Don Peoples is a major real estate developer. And the major thing about Don Peoples is he mentors a lot of um, other developers, mm -hmm. a lot of uh, up-and-coming black developers, uh, real estate investors, and things like that. 
So hopefully I get to meet Don Peoples one day because um, he's somebody that's a major player in the development area of real estate. Okay. And he's a, um, a African-American or a black person, however you want to say it, um, that you can identify with. A lot yeah. of times you see Donald Trump and you see all these developers that you may not be able to relate with. And when you see a black developer on that level, yeah. um, it's inspiring. That's huge. Yeah, for sure. That's huge. Yes. Okay. So, Don Peoples, bad boy. Yeah, he is. And we're going to put that on your list, your bucket list of people to meet mm -hmm. and do lunch with. Okay. So we said it here, y'all, on this podcast, Jay's going to meet him. Maybe I'll be a part two, but we'll see. We're going to put that on his bucket list. Okay. The next person is Denise Williams. All right, y'all. So she is a super badass in Atlanta, Georgia. She has her own brokerage and she's actually uh, runs one of the, or the largest black woman owned real estate brokerages in the US. So she is killing it. Um, she recently launched a course called Overnight Brokerage that teaches people how to start and run a successful real estate brokerage. And this is a fun fact. She is also part um, what owner or part investor of mm -hmm. uh, the brand Wrap Snacks. So if yeah. you've ever heard of Wrap Snacks, um, sometimes you might see it at the grocery stores and um, other places. But at the grocery um, store, yeah, they really are. They got some some shelf space now. Gas stations, everything. Yes, um, but uh, she is um, an investor in that, and um, I've watched. Um, a couple of her interviews and she's really really super dope mm -hmm. um a, a incredible business acumen and um definitely look up to her um of course we could only do five but honorable mention to kiana watson mm -hmm. um, i follow her she is incredible um i love her brand and her branding work is incredible so mm -hmm. Honorable mention. I know we're only doing five, but I had to throw her in there. Um, Kiana Watson. She's also, uh, she has a boutique brokerage in Atlanta that she just opened not even, not even two years ago. Yeah. And, um, year and yeah, and they are doing incredible numbers out there. Um, she is building her brand. She also um, has a couple courses as well. Um, and the reality TV and show. And the reality TV <laughs> show. Yeah, she's on... Um, uh, ladies who list yeah, on, 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 on own. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, um, just doing big things. I look up to, to her and to Denise Williams. They're both amazing women and who are killing it in the game. And I love it. Okay. Yeah, Atlanta's killing. Also, honorable yeah. mention to uh, Sherelle with Allure Realty. Oh, Allure in Florida. In Florida. Yeah. She's got two locations now. Mm -hmm. um, one's in Tampa. That's her original location. And then now she's opened up a second location in Miami. Yeah. Um, we see you too. Um, mm -hmm. Shout out. Listen, ladies are killing it. Um, as far as businesses and entrepreneurship, um, black women have been uh, leading the charge in that for several years now. So um, shout out to all you ladies. Absolutely. Okay, your turn. All right. So next we have Ben Slayton. So I tried to pick a mix of um, current people. Right. And people who you may have not heard out heard about this from like the past or that have had a major contribution. And as I was like doing research, I was like, shoot, I never heard of this person. And these people have like, a major contribution to mm -hmm. like today, the world that we live in now. So Ben Slayton, um, he is a Southern California black man that in his early 20, 20s, he wanted to break into the real estate industry. So back in um, 
back in the 60s and early 50s, you needed to have a realtor, another realtor sponsor you to be part of what we call NAR or realtor. So there's real estate agent or salesperson, but when you see that NAR with yeah. the R with the trademark, that's the National, National Association, Association of Realtors. Realtors. So back in the day, you couldn't just join and pay your dues like we do. Um, so you had to have another realtor sponsor you. So back in the 50s and 60s, there was segregation. So not only did you have to have a, not only did you have to have another realtor sponsor you to be a part, mm. most of them were white, mm. and he was black since Black History Month. <laughs> we talking about uh, Black History, so he needed somebody to sponsor him to be part of the organization because most of the listings were in this organization. Okay. So it's like. If we like were MLS? Yeah, it's like okay. basically we couldn't be so on MLS. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a multiple listing service for you guys who don't know that. And yeah. basically, I mean, if you weren't a part of NAR back in the day, then you you didn't have access to any of the houses or properties that were for sale, that were you know being listed, all that stuff. That's like us being locked out, essentially, yes. of the MLS unless we had a sponsor. Yes. Okay. So basically, it's like trying to be a realtor without having access to the MLS. Yes. Um, so this, um, organization, which is now called the National Association of Realtors, um, so it was the only way to survive being in the profession because it had all of the listings. So there were no black members, uh, in NAR in the sixties. Wow. So he was the first black realtor in America in 1964, mm -hmm. but he had to solicit hundreds of potential sponsors wow. before finally finding a white man to agree to vouch for him so he can be one of the the first black realtors in the country and he actually became the first black real uh realtor um in the organization so mm -hmm. this guy being clayton was a bad boy so that was just the beginning part so he was mm -hmm. like the first black realtor to be part of the national association of realtors in addition to that he was the first black owner broker of a century 21 Back in the day, Century 21. Oh, the yellow the, jacket. The yellow, the golden yellow jacket. So, <laughs> the gold jacket. Yeah, golden jacket. So he was the first um, black owner broker of a Century 21 franchise in 1968. And wow. he was the first of any race to be approved as a Freddie Mac multifamily program plus seller um, in the United States in 1986. So that wow. was huge. Um, I was two. <laughs> in 1986 I was six. you were six I was six does yeah. that put that type of stuff in perspective you know yeah. what I mean like so this is this guy we're gonna talk about it in just a second but this guy is he's a bad boy so this guy is he's still alive so okay. Ben Slayton is a 55 year veteran mm -hmm. of the mortgage industry who has built several mortgage and mortgage related companies and mm -hmm. sold them to publicly traded companies so today, Ben wow. is the president and CEO of Legacy Home Loans right here in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, and um, his uh, mission is to increase the home ownership for African Americans. Wow. Um, so he started multiple mortgage companies, was the first uh, a realtor in the United States, and he made those mortgage companies, turned them into publicly traded um, companies. So today, mm -hmm. um, his um, company, he is the CEO and on the board of directors of six different mortgage brands. 
Wow. Yeah, so he has a lot of history in the Las Vegas area too because he was a realtor and a mortgage broker in the Las Vegas area mm -hmm. too. And I heard his name over the past couple of years yeah. and I've met a couple uh, loan officers from that, Legacy. From Legacy. Yeah. Um, Never crossed my mind. I had no idea that, yeah. you know, he started it and he had this rich history. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he was a bad boy. Wow. Yep. All right. Well, Mr. Slayton, we salute you. Thank mm -hmm. you for being the first in so many things and being a trailblazer. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, having to solicit so many people just to be able to do my job. So salute right. to you, Mr. Ben Slayton. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. We are rolling through this. This is fun, though. And I hope you're getting something out of it. Um, if you are, let us know in the comments below. We want to know, like, if you have an aha moment or if there is someone else that you want to shout out that is blazing a trail um, and making Black history. Just put that in the comments below. We'd love to see it. Okay. So the next person is Mr. Philip Payton, Jr., Philip Payton Jr. So what I did is I tried to pick people from different aspects of the real estate industry. Right. And that can provide inspiration, motivation, and see that um, we're not all just athletes or rappers and things like that. Yeah. And we're not just all realtors or whatever um, in this industry. So Philip Payton Jr. So Philip Payton Jr., here's some facts about him. So in a career span less than 20 years, Philip Payton Jr. became known for providing African-Americans in New York City with the opportunity to live in quality housing in the northern Manhattan community of Harlem. So this guy was basically responsible for um, African-Americans having a presence and having that whole Harlem Renaissance mm -hmm. and what we call the Harlem culture from Cameron, wow. Dame Dash, the TV show. What's the TV show that we watch? Harlem. Oh, Harlem. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that whole African-American culture and the Harlem Renaissance, this dude was basically responsible for the African-American presence. Yeah, the, the move to Harlem. Yeah, the whole okay. movement in Harlem. So wow. um, as I was reading about him, so he first got his, um, got into the business as a janitor in real estate. Wow. So he was a janitor, but after seeing how the business operated, he decided to create his own firm. Mm -hmm. So uh, Peyton and he had a partner. They opened the Brown and Peyton real estate firm in October 1900. My gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, this guy, he was wow. awesome, too. And so this kind of hit home with me because this guy basically was, he was a realtor, but he was also a property manager, too. Mm -hmm. And so um, he uh, worked with... Um, African Americans to get them housing. So before uh, in 1900, you know, there was racism, there was segregation, and so black people couldn't get quality housing or they just weren't allowed to be in the area, period. Right. So here's some inter interesting things about him. So um, June 1904, with the help of other affluent blacks, Peyton chartered the Afro American Realty Company issuing um, 50,000 shares at $10 each. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so he did his own crowdfunding campaign and everything. Wow, so, back in the 1900s? Yeah, yeah. Dang. So Peyton's business partner was a mortician named James C. Thomas. Along with Thomas, Peyton formed the Afro-American Real Estate Company. He appealed to black investors specifically both to their social justice and the profit motives 
Um, so he said, talked about the race problem, yeah. and it provided opportunity for people who were in the position to invest in a real estate company and invest into a business. Um, so here's some things that happened. So in 1905, um, there was a white-owned real estate company that bought some land on 135th Street in Lenox. That's like huge. 135th in Lenox. Like you hear people from Harlem say 135th in Lenox all the time. Yeah. So that's in the heart of Harlem. Um, so they bought these two properties and they basically kicked any uh, black people out that were mm. living in there and made them all white. Mm. So what... Um, Gentrification. Yeah, so what Peyton did is <laughs> they bought two other buildings right next to it mm. and the people were, had such an uproar because they didn't want to live next to black people. Wow. And they basically... Um, they didn't force them, but because they didn't want to be next to the, the black uh, buildings, they ended up selling uh, the three properties that they bought, the white mm -hmm. company did, and they took like a major loss on it. So, wow. um, yeah, this guy had a lot of um, influence on there. So Peyton, um, he closed his largest deal in 1917. Um, it was six apartment houses for about one point five million. So nineteen seventeen. That was huge. That was like doing a big, you know, yeah, million I gotta dollar figure deal. Out the, yeah, I gotta figure out the Yeah. I'm gonna put that right there. I'm gonna put out like what that right. actually means in like what? That's been over a hundred years ago. So yep. I'll put that so at value. The, at the time that was the largest sale of housing for black people, um, to that date. The buildings were renamed after prominent black figures mm -hmm. in America's Crispus Atticus, um, Toussaint, um, Dunbar, Frederick Douglass, Booker T. Washington. Um, and so it said because of this um, deal and this company, the black population in Harlem had reached 50,000 or even 70,000. Wow. Yeah. So this guy so basically cool. was... Um, he was like the spark that started to flame the whole Harlem Renaissance and yeah. um, Harlem having that culture that we have today. So cool. Yeah. So he was really cool. So he was a property manager, realtor, um, crowdfunder, yeah, investor, developer, yeah. everything. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay. So our final person, our final trailblazer is Paul R. Williams. So Paul R. Williams, I made him uh, last but not least because when we talk about the real estate industry, we think about realtors, mm -hmm. developers, and even loan officers and things like that. But one of the things that we don't think about and what I thought was so dope about him is he was an architect. Mm -hmm. So me, I love mid-century modern homes, so I look up like famous architects like Frank Lloyd Wright yep. and Dunbar and things like that. So Paul Williams was an architect. Um, so let me read a little about him. At the turn of the 20th century, Los Angeles was a vibrant and multi-ethnic multi environment with a population of only 102,000. Now, that's dismal <laughs> compared to right now. So, um, right. you know, LA is like busting out the scene with people right now. Yeah. But out of that 102,000, there were only 3,100 African-Americans. Um, and that was the 1900, um, the census report. So there were only wow. 3,100 African-Americans. So, so when Williams was um, a youth, 
people had the California dream. So the California dream attracted people from all over the United States. Um, and they were mixed together with little prejudice. Mm -hmm. So William, so they didn't have the problems of like the South even. They didn't have mm -hmm. as much. It was more eclectic. Okay. So, um, Which is, I can see that. And so you yeah. had people move from the South and people moved to New York and people moved to L.A. West, yeah. And then when people moved to L.A., that's when you had the Black Panther movement and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So you had a lot of people move from the South and they moved to L.A., so it was more opportunity, it was more liberal, and it was an eclectic um, place to live. Um, so Williams, he went to an elementary school. He was the only African-American child in his elementary school. And so he told his teacher that he was interested in being an architect. And his architect, his teacher basically discouraged him, mm -hmm. saying that he would have difficulty attracting clients from the majority of the community being white, and the black people who could uh, hire him, it wouldn't provide enough work for him. Wow. So he didn't give up. Um, he was confident in what he was strong at, and so he pursued being an architect, um, and he became an architect in 1921. Mm -hmm. So he became architect in 1921. He earned accolades in architectural competitions, and uh, he opened his own practice and became the first African-American member of the American Institute of Architects in 1923. Wow. Yeah, so that was dope. Wow. So he was able to overcome adversity. Yeah. You know, being in school, people telling him you couldn't do that, and it wouldn't be a market for it, and things like that. So listen to his clientele. As his reputation grew, his practice expanded to include buildings now considered landmarks. MCA, Saks Fifth Avenue, Palm Springs Tennis Club, and the Golden State Mutual Life Insurance Building. So listen to some of his residential clients. Actor Bert Lear, comedians Lucille Ball, and Desi Arnaz, remember I Love Lucy. Mm -hmm. um, dancer Bill Bojangles Robinson. I like Bojangles from Chicken Spot. He likes the Chicken Spot. <laughs> um, popular entertainer who is huge here, Frank Sinatra yeah. in Las Vegas. And um, so there's also entrepreneurs, Court and Paley uh, families. I don't know who those are, but they must have been famous back in the day. Um, so the thing about Williams is... He um, did work here in Las Vegas, too. Okay. So, Williams is best known in the Las Vegas Valley for designing the La Concha Motel in 1961. Mm. So, this hotel is now the lobby or the visitor center for the Neon Museum. You know how you go down Las oh, Vegas Boulevard? Yeah. You know, the Neon Museum? Again. So, it yeah. used to be a hotel right there. And he was the architect of that um, motel right there. Interesting. So that's oh, another that. Las Vegas history. So, yep. Williams, yep. He was a, a great architect. He did commercial things. He mm -hmm. did residential things. And his memory lives on there. It's actually a mural um, down in the Arts District. Okay. Um, him With him on there? And another architect. That's yep. Dope. That's super dope. Wow. All right, y'all. <laughs> we have had... Okay, let me read through everybody again just to, like, give everybody shout-outs. Okay. And I love how we were able to get, like, different aspects yep. of the real estate industry. Mm -hmm. Before I give all the names again and just all the accolades again, um, make sure that you subscribe, guys. I mean, we're wrapping up the Black History Month 
series, but make sure you subscribe. Uh, we are doing all things real estate. We've got um, some investment properties we're looking through. We've got home tours. We've got this podcast and so many other things. So you don't want to miss it. Hit that subscribe button and hit that button right there uh, to make sure that you are notified every time we upload new content. Um, but shout out to these five people, Don Peoples, mm -hmm. Denise Williams, Ben Slayton, Philip Payton Jr., and Paul R. Williams. They have been trailblazers and are trailblazers in not just the African-American community, but in the U.S. and the world as a whole. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this really cool historical ride that we got that we took you guys through and um we hope that we will see you next time all right